Three, two, one, go. Hi. Hi. How are you? I stretched. <laughs> um, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm in my PJs and I'm eating. Um, never mind. I was gonna say I was gonna say what I was eating like it was something really exciting, but I'm eating a rice cake with peanut butter on it. When you first brought it in, it looked really exciting. It looked like you were eating French fries. Oh, I wish I was eating French fries right now. Me too. Oh my god, I ordered French fries last night, didn't I? Yeah, you ordered a taco too. <laughs> I don't remember. Ooh, I don't remember a lot. <laughs> Me either. From last night. Oh boy. Okay, so listen, last night Emily and I were FaceTiming as we almost, I think we hit 48 hours. I think we did. Jesus. We've just been kind of existing on FaceTime together as we try to catch up with this podcast and also we miss each other. Um, but last night, Emily was drinking. I decided to take an edible and I took like double what I normally take on accident. I just, I thought it was a different one and I normally take whole of one and it's like the whole thing, but I took too much and too much. Weren't we watching? I was watching a compilation of like David and Jillian kissing for a long time. Oh yeah, you were watching like a long for a very time. long time. All of the kissing scenes they've both had collectively, you were watching. <laughs> um, and I told you to get to one, and then for some reason you were still on like the second one. I got really stuck. I don't even think I finished the video. <laughs> you definitely didn't. I don't know. I felt like my high brain suddenly could see more than what I normally can see. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is never... Like, remember that I Want to Believe kiss really fucked me up for a minute. Oh, yeah. You were watching that for like five minutes. Yeah, because normally I don't like that kiss very much. And I feel like if I were to watch it again right now, I probably would still not like it. But last yeah. night I was like... You said, you said... What you said was actually very insightful. You said... Yeah, you, you said I've never seen a kiss where two people are true. You like, like, it was like the most coherent, eloquent <laughs> sentence ever. You were like, I've never <laughs> seen a kiss where two people like are just like kissing to just feel each other because oh. they knew that was going to be the last time. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Go off. Hi, me. <laughs> but yeah, that was what you said. And I was like, wait, holy shit, you're right. Yeah, because I think I was like marveling. Everything seemed slower than it than it already was, and I was and like, "That's a slow scene." Yeah, and they were just like kind of holding each other's like their lips together, and I was like, "Wow, that's actually kind of beautiful." Wow, Jaime's fucking awesome. Shit, Jaime is on some shit. What a <laughs> yes, you got it, <laughs> nailed it. Way to go, Jesus. It's early, listener. Also, yesterday, I got to do a really fun thing. So I went on one of my best friends. Her name is Heather. Um, and Heather. one of her best friends, Alexis, they have a podcast Alexis. called The Roasting Booth. <laughs> the Roasting Booth. <laughs> and, and they um, essentially roast rom-coms. It's fucking hysterical. There's some great, my favorite comedic ladies. And I got to be on their podcast for an episode. And we talked about Practical Magic, which is my favorite movie of all time. My favorite spoopy movie. It's the best. It's Halloween. Everybody go watch it. And yeah, so I got to be on that episode and I talked a little bit about our podcast. And so I'm shouting them out and it was so fun. So if you feel inclined, go listen and definitely check them out. They're awesome. Um, we'll link all of their social media and stuff information in our thread and we'll link that episode because it should it's coming out today. So when you're done listening to this, if you want more podcasts, check over there. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was so fun. I love them. That's awesome. That sounds so fun. And Practical Magic is very, very good. I was so happy that Stevie shared that part of herself with me because it was so good. That movie is truly like, if if I, me as a person could be something else, like a film, it's that movie. I am. I feel like it's an extension of myself yeah. and my spirit. Yeah. Really. I love that. We wanted to thank everyone like for the 50th time. Yeah. Just for like how crazy the support has been and the response to our last episode specifically, but also just like truly to all of them. Yes. Um, and oh, not our last episode. This is going to come out on Monday. We're talking, we're recording right after the episode on ice was released. Oh, yeah. I take it back. So we don't know yeah. how you like the next one yet. This yeah. <laughs> but the episode on ice, sorry. No, that's okay. And just all like the messages we've been getting and just all of that has been really amazing and so thank you so much it's true it's been so incredible i've been so emotional the last few days because of the wonderful messages that we've been getting from women Me too. and um i wanted to say to anybody that sends us messages like if we don't get back right away we have seen it and we're going to it's just that we want to make sure that we're like giving you thoughtful responses because a lot of you are sharing a lot of intimate information with us which is beautiful and we're so honored to be able to hold this space for that and so we want to make sure that we're meeting you at that same level of energy and care when in our responses so they might take a few days but we'll get we'll get there yeah yeah our goal is really to create the space for like everybody. Yes. Not like everybody, like everybody. Everybody. Every mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and what we've, what we've really, I think like what Stevie and I have been talking about, like and what we just like have been so happy in the response that we've been getting has just been like, we truly just want to tell everyone listening and, like whatever you're doing, like whoever you are, you know, whatever you like, however you identify, like truly you are okay. And like, we want this to be a space where like, you truly feel like this is exactly where you're meant to be. And Stevie and I talk a lot about how it makes us sad to see women um, caught up in the trap of like what the patriarchy and capitalism and history and time has done to us Mm -hmm. and how we wish that we could shake so many women and just be like don't you know how powerful you are yes we talk about that all the time and it just kind of makes us realize we're we're just so grateful to have this space we're so grateful um to be able to discuss and to be emboldened to talk about the way that we look at everything with sex and gender roles and life and ourselves and each other. Um, And so to have this space is really incredible. And like the second, we talk about this a lot too, but the second you start to like chip away at what's been so ingrained in you, it feels so lonely. Mm -hmm. And um, it's really easy to feel isolated when you're, the way that you view things and your thought process is so different from the mainstream and from what people that you're interacting Mm. with think but guess what (laughs) if it means you respect yourself more than you did before you're better for Mm -hmm. it and if it means you discovered something wild about yourself you're better for it and if it means you set and stuck to a new boundary at work you're better for it and if it means you've started saying no more you're better for it it's true 
I find that when I started focusing on myself more, I found that in like doing it and actually doing things that were healthy for me that I needed to be doing, I found that I didn't have as many friends as I did before and I wasn't seeing as many people. Mm. And so briefly I was like, like, what am I doing? Like I, I was clearly better before I had so many friends and I was dating all the time and I did all this stuff and I was always with people, but they weren't people who were bringing anything positive into my life. And if anybody, if, if people aren't a welcomed addition to your life, then why are they there? Like what's truly, what's the point? If you're interacting with people that aren't bringing you joy and love and peace and you don't have to interact with them for some reason because of work or other circumstances, like why are you interacting with them? What's the point? There's no purpose. And so now I find myself with a much smaller group, but quality over quantity, friends. (laughs) Which isn't revolutionary. People have been saying that for so long, but it's like hard when it's you to actually take a look and realize that because- like I can believe that for other people and be like, oh yeah, it'd be so much better to have like a small group of really close-knit friends rather than having a bunch of people that you just kind of talk to. But then when it actually comes down to it, I was like, oh, but wait, I want to talk to a bunch of people. And like I do, you know what I mean? Once you start viewing yourself and the space that you hold as like your own energy, it's like you have to protect your energy, you know? Yes. Like why, if someone doesn't add, if you... That's why investing in yourself is so important because when you become your favorite person um, and when you become all you need, you, you truly will only ever feel the need to want to bring people into your life who celebrate you and who hear you and who see you so wholly and completely for who you are. And, and that is like, I mean, I think everyone goes through phases where, um, or moments in their lives where there are people in it that, um, again, because of whatever social construct or whatever, you feel like it's it's not okay to grow out of someone mm, yeah. or to like not be for someone. And the reality is, it's like the nicest thing that you can do for someone is tell them exactly how you feel. Yes. Like the nicest thing that you can do for someone is say, blah, blah, blah whatever it might be, I feel like we've grown apart. I feel like I've grown, we've grown out of each other. Um, this, 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 and this made me uncomfortable. What blah, 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 whatever. Um, and I'm not interested in pursuing this anymore. Mm-hmm. And that is the nicest thing that you can do for someone instead of dragging it along, trying to sugarcoat it. Like, honestly, I truly believe that being straightforward is better than beating around the bush because I mean, yeah, will it hurt in the moment? Possibly. Will it be hard in the moment? Yeah, but like that's growth and like that's self-love. Like it's uncomfortable. It feels bad maybe in the moment and good later on. Yeah. Yes, that was Florence Givens talked about on her Instagram story, the difference between, what was it? It was was self-sabotage and- Self, the difference between self-love and self-sabotage. Yeah, and she said- that I have this post on my phone somewhere so we can post it. But um, she said that self-love feels like shit in the moment, but good in the long run. And self-sabotage feels great in the moment. And then in the long run feels shitty. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, that's so accurate. Because there's so many times in my life that I've just said things that I knew were going to be pacifying and that I knew would be just like not rumble the waters. That's not... Uh. 
ruffle feathers. Ruffle feathers. Thank you. So rumble the waters. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to rumble those waters. <laughs> I, that I said things that I knew like wouldn't ruffle any feathers and then in the long run, it ended up ruffling more. It just ends yeah. up like being worse. And when it's so, also like, it's usually always worse for you. Yes. Because yeah. like, you're still in it. Like you're mm-hmm. still in that situation. So it's like, even in, like, say it's a friendship or say it's a relationship or say it's a work, uh, uh, professional relationship, like that's been going on, even if it's been going on for like five plus years, like truly the nicest thing that you can do for yourself and for others involved is um is tell them exactly how you're feeling yeah um and it's hard like I have yeah it's so hard because I have never been we were talking about this not that long ago about how what interview were we reading where Jillian was talking about how she used to be a waitress but she was a rude waitress and how she would like speak her mind too much sometimes and not care about other people's feelings and I've been the opposite growing up. And I always wished I was more like that. Like I always wished that I had an issue being too assertive because I've been, I was such a sweet little kid and I just didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings ever at all. And that it got to a point where I wouldn't say no ever because I just, I just wanted everybody to be happy. I just wanted yeah. everybody to be like at peace and I de- never wanted to get in trouble. And I got myself into so much fucking shit because I couldn't assert anything I was thinking at all. And so that's still, I still really struggle with that. And I'm trying actively to always say what I'm feeling, what i feeling in the moment. And if I'm not comfortable with something to articulate it and know yeah. that it's okay. Because the worst thing they're going to do is be upset and leave. And then if they aren't in your life anymore, then good. Like they, then they weren't meant to be. Yeah. I, and also, I mean, if someone, here's the thing, right? Like all you can do is control your own response all you can do is control yourself so people's reactions to you are out of your hands yes that's a big thing all that truly matters is you getting out what you want to say what you're comfortable saying and then that's it that is all that you can do for yourself that's all you can do for the person or people that you're talking to Mm mm-hmm that you're interacting with i think we'll definitely do like a little sex ed corner sex ed segment on people pleasing because mm. particularly for women that um is a huge issue that transcends um this like you know the baseline of it like it goes much deeper than what people think i think mm-hmm. sometimes it's very so, yeah and it translates into all realms of your life Exactly. Yeah. So I definitely, if you're down, we'll do, we'll do. A little so, oh, I'd be so that. down to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because unlike Stevie, I was <laughs> identify with Jillian, <laughs> except I, w- so the story with Jillian was that she was working and, and sh- this stranger came in and she was really rude to the stranger and the stranger said something to her. And then that made her realize like everyone has off days. So Stevie and I were talking about it and I was just saying how for me, it was, it, it manifested in me um, not listening to people in charge of <laughs> and talking back when I probably shouldn't have, but sometimes it was warranted. And I think growing up, you, if you find that balance, that's, that's the sweet spot. That's the ticket. Because like for Stevie, um, it was, it was, you never want to you never want to lose that sense of and this is again like looking at things like oh i'm such a horrible person or that was such a horrible thing it's like no look at what 
was exciting about it and look at what quality What's good so what you can t- keep from it. that yeah exactly like you are truly so in tuned to other people's feelings and it's just a matter of balancing that with your own yeah. valuing your own um on the same level or even higher than those around you mm-hmm. so that others around you can be as good as they can be along yes. with you like so there's that for me it was like I don't want to take shit from authority when it's not warranted. Like I know, I believe the first words out of my mouth when I was born was, was that isn't fair. (laughs) I truly believe that because, and then, so I take that, but like I tone back on, you know, not liking people telling me what to do and that, and that's okay. And so, yeah, basically the whole point of this entire rant and also Jillian has recognized because we talked about her, we'll say, you know, yeah, she has recognized that, you know, she's very outspoken and that's amazing, mm-hmm. especially as a woman. Like, yeah. And she has been, she's always been very outspoken. Um, but she also recognizes that when she was younger at times, it wasn't the right place for it. And like, amazing. Look at us. Yeah. Like, and it's so funny because when you're talking, like, we've done this a lot Emily and I have a lot of very similar complexes that we deal with but that manifest in like polar opposite forms so like I know I have always wanted to be smaller in every way shape and form which I think is a lot of what's ingrained just in you as a woman you're told not to take up space and so I've always wanted to be small and dainty and not and take up as little space as possible which is why I've never been able to be assertive because I don't want to take up even that kind of emotional space um and so I'm working on try- allowing myself to take up more space and leaning into that while Emily has always wanted to be bigger, like even physically. And I yeah. like have never fathomed that, like that somebody would want what I have and that I, while I'm wanting what they have and we were like, and then we're like, what the fuck? We're both perfect. Like we're both yeah. perfect. Because that's truly it. And we were talking about this and we'll get more into this um with Jillian's corner because it feeds into the a conversation Stevie and me and our other friend were talking about last night um just about how like the phrase like the grass is always greener like truly this is a larger conversation but like the reality is is that in order for the system that we live in to exist you constantly need to be um thinking that you are lacking something like truly that yeah. is what it boils down to so so that you continuously try to achieve something but that something that you're supposed to achieve is constantly changing mm-hmm. so it's like that it's just an endless cycle so the 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 reality is that um you have what you have and that is exactly that's perfect. Yes, exactly. But anyways, the point is, is that this patriarchal capitalistic society that we live in thrives when we hate ourselves. So let's just say fuck them and love ourselves. Yeah. Don't give them that power. With all our might and love each other. And so bringing this back around while it might feel lonely and it might feel uncomfortable now, just know that you are not alone in this space. No. So thank you. And we're so glad that you're we're here. So, so grateful that you're here. This was just something that Emily and I wanted to do for fun. It was for us. And now it's, <clears throat> it's only just beginning still. We're on episode nine and I'm just so happy. My heart has, has not, has never been so full, truly. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was a really good circular little impromptu conversation we just had. It all kind of connected. Go us. 
Do you want to do the episode? Let's do the episode. Let's dive in. All right. Well, this is season one, episode 10, Fallen Angel. Let's go. Let's get into it. We start with a boom boom in Townsend, (laughs) Wisconsin, 12.57 a.m., day one, which is odd and very ominous. So (laughs) I never read the – I never read those little title things until we started doing this. And crazy how helpful they are. (laughs) Wow, they had a purpose. Wow, who would have thought? thought? So a sheriff man pulls up in his sheriff car and he says in his walkie-talkie, we got a fire off County Road, what the fuck? Um, his <laughs> transmissions aren't going through <laughs> and it's all weird and hissy and so he like gets out of his car. Cut to the U.S. Space Surveillance Center in Cheyenne Mountain, Colorado. There's two military men looking um, at a screen and they're like, we picked up an unidentified bogey and I'm like, well, then get a tissue. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> that's funny anyways he makes the other uniformed man watch um the replay of this unidentified bogey Uh, it's one of those where they're like no no an aircraft can maneuver like this and whatever and it crashed outside lake michigan so like the head uniformed man with like a tattoo on his eye is like it's a meteor and that's what the report will reflect and the woman is very pouty and i'm with her um the mean tattooed boss man military called the mean tattooed boss man military yes Mm -hmm. tattooed man he calls someone secretly and is like i have a confirmed fallen angel in sector 87 and i'm like no scully lives in dc get it (laughs) oh that was such a good one (gasps) no that was such a good one (laughs) oh and then he says mobilize operation falcon immediately and i'm like wow this is so clearly written by little man boys who just dreamed of being spies when they were older and they're like operation falcon and like they're just living out all of their fantasies in this writer's room and getting paid for it and if they can do that why can't we yep exactly (laughs) so back to our sheriff man investigating in the forest and there's like this the stereotypical light and screaming and like slow spazzing and then cut to theme song can, can I can I just say um, the theme makes me so anxious because I just know like I don't really like the beginnings of the Never episodes before. because normally yeah I'm not really paying attention to what's happening and then of course as we said last episode or two episodes ago every single thing that you need to know is explained in the first five minutes after the after the theme so it's like it's stressful but then also i know that as soon as it ends i'm gonna be like slapped in the face with Mulder and scully's like faces faces. and like that's just a lot like i can't handle that because it's like so much of nothing and then it's just like boom everything it's true it's boom everything everything you need to know to understand the episode and also their like beauty and it's just overwhelming so Mm -hmm. We cut after the scene, after the theme, we see the evacuation of the Townsend citizens on the news and Mulder's watching and he's like, what happened out there wasn't a train wreck and he's in leather. So like, I didn't really listen to what he was saying because I was kind of focused on that. Um, Mm. He's talking to Deep Throat Man and I don't know what the fuck they're saying, but the point is, is that Deep Throat like knows that this bogey was a UFO that crashed and he knows that they're going to cover it up and that's what Operation Falcon is. He says the crash retrieval unit is already on its way, so Mulder only has 24 hours if he wants to see anything before it's like nothing ever happened. So cut to Mulder, still in leather, running through the forest. (laughs) It really struck me at this point that, um, boy, if David Duchovny was not as hot as he was, um, no comment. (laughs) 
I'm I'm moved by him on screen, uh, but it's not because of his <laughs> acting. Yeah, I literally. Oh my god, my next note is I just close my eyes and listen to his breathing. If I, for a while, if I'm being honest. Yeah, literally <laughs> like heaving through the forest. Um, then he finds some lasers, and again, this is right out of some kid's spy fantasy. He's like, "Ooh, lasers! Now what am I gonna?" I'm like, "Oh my god!" Totally. And it's also like. I take back everything I said, really, just, like, five seconds ago about David because he's such a good actor. Like, when he's looking at the laser beam fence, you can really tell that it's not there. <laughs> just so true. Great A acting. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> um, so then Mulder sneaks in, and there's lots of military men doing military shit that I don't care about, and Mulder's, like, lurking. And then the team shows up, yeah. and they were told it was a drill, and I guess it's not a drill, and I feel like that's information that should be efficiently communicated, but sure. <laughs> um then Mulder is like under the car or something so he crawls out and he's like dirty and has a five o'clock shadow and he's still in leather okay um I'm just gonna say two points to that um uh so you are like your mind bubble is like oh my god Mulder crawling out of the bottom of a van like oh he's so dirty and he has a five o'clock shadow here are my thoughts one where's Scully okay like where is scully one two um i really think that this is a good place to highlight how much money is wasted on the u.s military oh yeah um like maybe let's give people health care <laughs> maybe just that's a very good point just a thought my just thought bubble's thought. dumb popping it no it's not it's a dirty bubble <laughs> my brain it's that dirty bubble from spongebob dirty bubble from spongebob who is in the x-files so you know okay and then my next note is k it's night i really miss scully and the military men are walking through the forest doing some well, it's shit like, with guns like i miss her it's like the show is so boring without scully and it's not even because i am in love with jillian anderson it's like i watched the show before i um was in love with her and back when i had just watched sex education and was like seriously questioning questioning everything in my life mm-hmm. Like it was before I was like, like, like I watched the pilot and I felt nothing. Can you right. believe that? No, I can't. So like, it just shows how boring it is without Scully. And I'm just going to say this, but not very many people would have watched a show about another male lone wolf trying to infiltrate the system. Like Scully is the key to the show, plain and simple, because <laughs> It is her challenge of Mulder that sustains the conflict that's imperative to plot. Mm-hmm. And just once, like, you've seen her and you can't go a minute without not seeing her for the rest of your life. Like, we're a testament to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that the reason that the show remains such a defining moment of the 90s zeitgeist is that is because of her. Like it's it's exactly. her impact with the Scully effect and her feminist impact in the way that this giant fandom of women keep the show alive. It's because of her. Like there, yeah, there isn't nearly the same male fan base. That's that's a. I mean, there is a fan base that's focused on the conspiracy and that likes the the supernatural elements the and mythic and yeah, the mythology and all that shit. But it it's cemented into pop culture and into um the 90s cultural moment because of the the impact that she had on women that's totally and so she should fucking be in the beginning of this i'd love to see her running through the forest in leather yeah i mean yeah 
Okay, so Mulder's inching towards some bright light. He sees the ship, and it looks like <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Winter Wonderland, but like with hazmat suits. And he pulls out his camera, and he's taking pictures and shit when somebody comes behind him and hits him in the face with a gun. So the pictures are obviously destroyed, and the tattooed-faced military man is like, you just made the worst mistake of your life. And I'm like, LOL, wait until he steals Scully's over. <laughs> yeah, spoke too soon. Yeah, literally. It's season one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he violated a government quarantine, and it's like a federal crime or something. And like, oops. So military man's like, we're trying to contain an ecological disaster, which is obviously bullshit. And he tells Mulder to forget what he saw or what he thinks he saw. I love Mulder beat up in leather, and I really want to frame that scream grab of him being like, we both know what's out there. Like, no volume because, like, not the acting that's not there, but, like, the look on his face. And, like, when he's, like, sit, yeah, okay. So Mulder's put in a cage. Kinky. And then um, Shaggy and Harry Potter's love child asks him if he's a new move on. <laughs> and starts this. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Mulder's in leather, and he gets put into a cage. It's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so they're done with the conversation with the military man, right? This part's unimportant, so I'm just speeding through it. So Mulder's put in a cage. Kinky, right? And then Shaggy and Harry Potter's love child asks Mulder if he's in MUFON and then just starts, like, chatting. This kid's Hmm. name is Mac Fennig, and he's with the National Investigative Committee of Aerial Phenomenon. And he's, like, super nervous. Like, he's on a first date with Mulder, and it's kind of cute. And he has – he's clearly a huge conspiracy theorist, and he's like, it's Roswell all over again. And I'm like, wow, Mulder feels really seen right now. Hmm. It's cut to morning, sleeping Mulder, and beautiful Angel Scully comes in through a door of light into the room. And she's mad mad. It's proof that she's the star of the show because literally she is haloed by this light the first time she appears on screen in this episode. Like she's she is the angel. As she should, she's the fallen angel of this episode. She is. She's our angel baby. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how she should enter in every episode. I want her coming in through a door of just pure light, pissed off. Mm-hmm. That's how I want her to enter every episode. Mm-hmm. She puts her hand on her hip and the other on the gate and is like, "This isn't funny, Mulder." <laughs> Well, yeah, like she's ang- she's like genuinely so angry. It's like, so valid too. She's angry that he defied protocol because she's the one who's going to have to defend it to the- in front of their superiors. It fucks over her she's career. Angry. Like, it's not- exactly. She's angry that he's going to get the work that she's now on with him shut down. She's angry he ditched her again, even after she displayed the loyalty she did to him in ICE. Like come on she's angry that he can't use his fucking brain and act like he gives a shit about her and what what's become her work Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous It's so ridiculous and this just continues which it just gets more ridiculous the more involved she gets with the x-files because she's like bro you fucked up like they want to shut down the x-files and they want you out of the bureau for this and she's understandably like this is stupid like he does really good work with the x-files and that having that platform in the bureau to investigate like gives them great opportunities to actually help people and he's so fucking fixated on finding proof of alien phenomenon that he is like she's like we can help people but you keep fucking it up like you need to realize when you need to stop you know what i mean yeah it's like if he would just whatever whatever Mulder's an idiot um and but he's like he always is he's like it's nothing new i'm like can you Stop being a teenage boy for five seconds and realize that you're in a career that, like, people's lives are at stake. Like, 
okay, whatever. Whatever. Then she um, she moves into the other cage for some reason while she's yelling at him. She's like circling him, and she's like, "I don't understand you, Mulder." And he like, and why he's such a rule breaker. And she's mostly mad because she kind of thinks it's hot. And you know what? So Scully is like, "You're right. It wasn't a toxic spill, and it but it wasn't a UFO. It was actually just a down Libyan jet with a nuclear warhead." And Mulder laughs, and it's hot, but Homegirl isn't based, and I admire her for that. And she basically says, "Like, no, to avoid mass panic, they said it was a train spill." And he's like, "You believe that?" And she's like, "That story happens to be highly classified." And he's like, "A highly classified lie." I want to hit him. <laughs> Seriously. So then the helicopter noises and Scully's like, they're probably looking for the pilot. Cut to an invisible mass <laughs> moving around the woods near where the laser beams are. It like darts through. I think this little thing <laughs> is really funny. Like the way that it's so it's small just, and moves, it's not scary at all. It's really funny. It's not scary at all. But also again, like this was just like the writer's fever dream because you know, or maybe not the writers, but like the director's. Because you know that they were like, okay, how cool is, would it be if we're going to get, like, a steady cam and we're going to, like, put it on the ground and, like, we're going to do POV from this force? Yep. Like, how sick is that going to be? <laughs> but why did they make it so small? Like, <laughs> that's what made me laugh. It's, like, two feet tall. It's, like, a little, yeah, like, I don't it, know. It's, it's bizarre, though, because it's, like, I remember the first time I watched this, like, episode being very disturbed by it like oh, it's really? disturbing how many yeah i mean be, just we'll talk about it when we get to that part but it's disturbing how many men die i mean it's just disturbing mm, yeah that whole bit really was really got to me so it's a weird juxtaposition mm -hmm. this episode is kind of like sometimes death is worse in some episodes than others do you know what i mean like death is mm -hmm. taken with more weight in this episode yeah. a lot of people die a lot yeah. the little invisible mass darts through the lasers and moves into the woods um on the other side go back Mulder is like come back to my motel baby and she's like my assignment was to bring you back and he's like come on baby we have 24 hours to investigate for the hearing and then when they go into Mulder's room and it's totally trashed but honestly he's so messy that I didn't think anything of it right away yeah, me <laughs> they hear rustling in his room and so they pull out their guns like the bad bitches they are and I love that Scully goes in the bathroom first I'm like yeah get him um but she's just met with like a butt hanging out the window <laughs> it's max and he was like i had to be sure it was you and he's like uh you're all of our idols basically and scully's like haha nerds worship you <laughs> and then yeah, seriously. and then max is like so this must be the enigmatic agent scully and i didn't know that that's where that quote was from i also want to know because like Mulder repeats it after and so it's, it's like w like what made matt why hello what why did Max think she was ending? Why, why? Where did that come from? Mulder repeats it as if it's like some inside joke between, oh. like as if he's he's talked about her before. That's true. He does do that. Do, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, I do. <laughs> but then when he says that, he, he Max goes up to shake Scully's hand, and Mulder's like, "Sit! Don't talk to my girlfriend." No. And then that was. Yeah. And then they talk about Mulder's pseudonym that he's been publishing under MF Reuter. And I'm like, what the fuck kind of pseudonym is that? Dipshit. Come on. <laughs> Dumbass. You know what he should have done? He should have published under a female name and nobody would have ever. <laughs> but then nobody would have read it. No one would have read it. <laughs> <laughs> There's the issue. So Scully's not impressed with any of this. And then Mulder whispers, enigmatic Dr. Scully. That's sexy. He... <laughs> He brings them 
to his crib, which is a trailer in the parking lot. And Scully's like, fuck, Mulder, this is your future. It's also so cute. Like, I think Max is really cute because he's so excited. But, like, he's skipping and hopping to show them his trailer. And it's, like, it really reminded me of, like, me. Like, being like, come on, come on. Like, wanting to show, like, my non-fandom friends, like, my X-rated fans. <laughs> come on, come on. Look at this one I wrote. Like, look at it. Like, aren't these so... He spits in her mouth. Or it's... <laughs> Where it's like me trying to show any person who doesn't know who Jillian is, like my entire camera roll of pictures of her. Come on, come on, come on. Like, come on look. So the He's so beautiful. Oh, I love Max. It makes me sad. Too. Okay, so so Scully sees some medication on his desk as she's looking around, and so we know that'll come back later. Max says that he has the sheriff reports from his scanner or some shit, so they listen to it, and it's the sheriff trying to get a medevac, and this seems to really get to Scully, and like, yeah, that's very understandable. That's really shocking to hear. Mm. Um, Cut to tattooed face man. He's back, and he's assuring someone that something won't get away this time, so like, I assume they're on the hunt for the invisible mask. Mulder and Scully are um, in, like, some place where they're sheltering all the people of the town who have been temporarily displaced, and they approach Mrs. Wright, the wife of the sheriff, my favorite actress, um, and they ask her work. work, and they ask her a few questions, and she says, he's dead. What else is there to know? Very angry. And she does not want to be talked to or be helped. And she says they won't release the body, so she can't even have a proper burial. And Scully's like, no, bitch, that's fucked up. Let's appeal it. And then this actress is like, I can't afford the truth. And Homegirl thought this was a 1940s movie. <laughs> Why did no one tell her? She's at a whole other level than some L- everybody else. Yeah, she really thought this was going to be, like, her moment. <laughs> it was. Um, it's memorable. But I love the way that Scully talks to women yeah um yeah i have a note about that too because i think where i mean there's a lot of things that make their partnership and eat their respective uh specialties helpful to each other and useful in a partnership but i think particularly scully's doctor ness um comes out in moments like this because Mulder's just like um what happened and he's like towering over this woman and like scully like gets down on her like, level sits down yeah. and comes down to her level and like she speaks so tenderly to her and it just kind of made me think because i think we see it a lot now in the beginning i think a little bit because jillian again is still trying to figure out like how this fbi woman would be mm-hmm. but we see like this great duality from scully where she's like simultaneously very badass, very stern and strong and capable and bold and assertive. But then there are moments like this with like women and victims and children where she's so gentle and loving and engaging. So gentle. And it's nice because it takes the trope of like a woman who's in Scully's position, who's like in a man's world. Being hardened um, and conforming to their way of being. Yeah. Um, like needing to be a bitch just to survive and while that's like sometimes true I mean mostly true I would say um, and the reality of this like isn't great because like in the real world I mean when a woman shows any emotion her competency is written off but it's nice like in this like world of make-believe that she's able to be both because 
I think this was maybe written better than what actually happens in real life. Yes, I agree. I agree. There's some really great Scully moments in this episode. Yeah. That I wish they would have continued writing her more like this, like this yeah. Scully. And her acting is just, she's really starting to step into herself and it's very exciting to totally. watch. Um, and I think too, like with the, um, that, that, those, that exchange between Scully and the, and the woman mm-hmm. is important because like we were talking about earlier, and I didn't want to say anything earlier because I knew this, this line really like drives it home. But like it reminds, because I view this conversation as very much between Scully and this woman, and like Mulder's just kind of like off to the side. Yeah, he he steps out of the conversation quickly. Yeah, it really reminds you, and it reminds him, like how truly weighty, I guess, his quest is. Like it reminds him that his quest for the truth has a very human cost, and that it's all fun and games, and like he can like wander around. Um, you know, crash sites and he can be put into a cage for overnight. Like yeah, it's wow. all like fun and games, but like this woman's. And so I think That's like her so acting true. is a lot, but like her I acting think... is a lot. And oh, I wish that it wasn't on that line because that didn't resonate with me because I was so focused on how silly the line sounded. But her saying right. I can't afford yeah. the truth, it's truly a privilege that Mulder's able to even investigate and thinks that the fact that he is like, I have the means to seek out my own truth is such a privilege that he's not even recognizing because he's so it's a big victim complex and like i mean shit does happen yeah but they're her whole life's being fucked over like she has a child and they're if she wants to bury her husband then she can't have his pension like what the fuck yeah and this is just another female character like mrs budahas in what episode two Mm -hmm. that just her life's clearly destroyed and then we don't touch on it ever again cut to a horrible fucking screeching noise which i thought was really unnecessary we're back with the military men they see what i'm assuming is the invisible thing moving around on the infrared camera and they say search and destroy which is disturbing considering they don't know exactly what they're searching for but who gives a fuck shoot anything Mm -hmm. they go and they try to get it and they get attacked by light or something yeah. Okay, so cut to Mulder and Scully trying to get information about the sheriff. And so his name is Jason Wright. I didn't write that earlier. Um, and they're talking to the doctor that treated him. And the doctor's like, I hate fascists. And I'm like, me too, bro. Um, yeah. And then he's like, the mean men came in here and pushed us all around. And he saw, he said he saw four patients with six degree burns, which I didn't even know existed, over mm. 90% of their bodies. And the people took the bodies away before they could even perform any pathology. And then Scully pipes up and was like, did you not, did you note any cadaveric heat rigor or heat stiffening? And both the men are like, oh my God. Um, and it's like these little moments that make me realize how Scully had such an impact on women right off the bat because you would never hear a woman deliver that line Mm -hmm. um oh and then i was like is this a good time to remind you that chris carter is quoted saying he didn't want a busty blonde for scully he wanted somebody who could play smart believably and that that's sexist and that this is still him putting her in this role is still sexist always a good time to remind people of that and i also speaking of um the failed creator of the show (laughs) um Another thread that I kind of was annoyed with um, that this episode made me be very nostalgic for is like this kind of, because this is post Watergate. Yeah. yeah. Like when this is taking Mm -hmm. place. And so it's like, 
I really wish, because like I kind of fuck with this like this disillusioned, like distrusting myth arc. Me too. Like where there are normal civilians, where there are normal people like Mulder who distrust the government. Like I think that that's, I mean, understandably, especially after Watergate. And it makes it so that people, like right before, like when the doctor decides to tell Mulder and Scully what's been happening and, and all of that, because initially he wasn't going mm-hmm. to, it remi- it's realistic because it's like in a world like this, not every single person would be um, on the side of a, conspir- a conspiratory and shady government. But later down the line, they make every single person in power like a part of a part of this the conspiracy conspiracy yeah and this corrupt government and so and that always really bothered me because it gets to a certain point and i remember thinking like down the line like it is so impossible that every single doctor every single police every yes. single person would be like somehow tied in with this with this corruption or so easily swayed Exactly. And especially when it gets more into like Scully's arc with her pregnancy and her reproductive issues. What every doctor she sees is going to be a part of this exactly. fucking conspiracy. Like exactly. what? That's so true. Exactly. And um, I just wish that they would have stuck with this like this, this. version of the myth arc. Well, it's as more realistic. Like, yeah. As opposed to like choosing like the slightly different, but not, not too much, but like definitely more dramatic reproductive uh objectification myth arc yeah <laughs> yeah it's not not too different but i kind of wish they stuck with the first one yeah just a little just a little bit so, so scully is a badass bitch and i love her with all my heart and the doctor asks how she knows so much about this and she's like well i did my residency in forensic medicine um and Mulder changes the subject because his dick's gonna explode and he's like <laughs> what go ahead i was i forgot another thing oh, go 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 before okay i was just gonna say because that's, I think that's why the show took off because people liked seeing like the defectors in positions of privilege and influence that wanted to help fight the power yes. and help the little man. Yes. Like, and people resonated with that because it's like, that's what you want to think. You don't want to think that every single person in a position of power is corrupt. Like, no. well, you want to think that people have conscience, that, like people have consci- conscience, 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 Con- people have, Con- I don't know, conscience. what's the plural? consciousness um people have (laughs) um, strong strong moral guide guides yes um but like that making everyone a conspirator was the only way that the obsession with manipulating the reproductive capabilities of women would have worked so it's like yeah it's fucked. Anyway. It's so fucked. I didn't even put that together because I didn't realize that they had it'd been so long since I watched season one, especially when I wrote my thesis. I didn't rewatch the show. I just watched yeah. the parts that were relevant that I forgot that there was a version of the show that had yeah. more of a realistic depiction. Because it doesn't last very long. Right. Like it's just it just really hit me hard with the doctor, especially because like that is one of my biggest pet peeves in like season seven, right? I think when Scully goes through eight. IVF and all of that. Or yeah. eight. No. Mm, it's eight. Really? It's eight um like it was just so like yeah it's dramatic but like so unrealistic and like does not make you feel good at all no and like, yes and like i felt so good when this doctor told yeah. them and was like fuck this i hate fascists and i'm like 
yeah, no, it was really comforting to see somebody and to see them find somebody else who's on the same page as them exactly. because it, it's so exhausting when it's just the two of them against every other human. Well, it's like too, I mean, I think especially now, um, like people want to see someone in a position of power, like actually act like they give a shit about them. Yeah. It's like, I think that's why people resonate with, um, not to like get to like real life. Like, I think that that's why people resonate with like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez so much. Yes. Because, because she unseated someone who had been an incumbent for like so many years, who was this old white dude who didn't even live in the district that he was representing. And like now she truly goes and sits on a stage where every single day she's such a staunch defender of the people who live in her community. Who because live she comes her. from that community. Exactly. It, that makes such a difference. I love her so much. Me, dude, same. Oh my God. Okay, so Mulder's like, do you think those burns could have been caused by ionizing radiation? Look, I'm smart too. And like, we get it. And the doctor was like, I mean, I don't know, maybe. I didn't consider it. And then they leave and Scully um, is like, couldn't the cracked core from a nuclear warhead have caused the burns? And he's like, no, it's clearly supernatural. <laughs> He's like, I have a stack of X-Files with close encounters with the same kind of burns. And she's like, bro, you might be right, but like, we need to pick our battles here. And if we don't make the hearing tomorrow, there's not going to be any more X-Files to investigate this at all. And she's correct. And then um, lots of barbecued men come in and they look gross. And if I wasn't already vegetarian, I think that this scene would make me want to become one. And Scully is very shocked and upset. Uh, like makes like that's the biggest difference between hers and David's acting is that when she sees burns when she sees burned men she's like oh my god and he acts mm -hmm. like it's just meh, every day when it's also yeah yeah and like exactly. maybe that can pass in season seven when you truly have been seeing so much of it but this is season one like can you get get with us here I mean I know yeah. he's been on the X Files but like I don't think he'd be that dis desensitized yeah. Um, and I think it also like embodies Scully's devotion to the victims as well. And like how she true, like, and, and, and just how also when they were talking, um, like it's so telling because she, they truly, I think in this episode do give each other the time of day. Like Scully might not believe that like they're, it's a UFO or that there are aliens or that there's like life on other planets, but like she definitely believes Mulder. Yeah. And so it's like she definitely does what she um what she needs to do because she believes in Mulder because of her devotion to the victims. Mm -hmm. Like she she doesn't necessarily maybe believe that it's aliens, but she definitely believes that there is a conspiracy that's like deeper than Yeah. than what's happening. That's deeper than what's happening on the surface and she's realizing yeah. that. And she's such a gal that wants justice for everybody totally like she's so passionate about that that you could see how hard it is for her when she really starts seeing how much the government is lying and you can see that later exactly. when she looks at the newspaper to see that they're like toxic spill cleanup was a success and she's like clearly so sickened by that totally. because she's a part of the system that's covering it up and she wants so badly not to be and that's a really visceral and i think important feeling because i'm sure a mm -hmm. lot of women in positions of power are feeling that or just people like any any people any people could be feeling that way. But I'm sure specifically um, people of color, women, specifically women of color in positions of power that are like, I'm a part of this, like feeling the need to become a part of the system to help dismantle it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but, then, mm -hmm. but then having a really hard time when you're existing in that system that's actively oppressing you and 
people like you. While Mulder is chastising the colonel when like all of the vi- burn victims come in, he's like, you and your partner got to get out of here. And the doctor is like, Agent Scully stays. She's a medical doctor and we need help. And then he checks with her. He's like, well, if that's okay with you. And I was like, what we stand this non-toxic masculinity doctor who is like you're smart and capable please i need help and like and then still checks to make sure it's okay with her and i just love 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 this is one of my favorite scenes in the whole series like just that i I was gonna say i feel like that's like the best the best scene truly just in terms of like her existing in her work environment this is what i want to fucking see it's her being like used for all of her skill set like her skill set being used to its maximum capability as it fucking should and being valued and like realized that she's what a asset she is like being sought out and not just like being the doctor on like on site yes like being sought out and, and her talents being acknowledged and being and a man asking for help from her I also want to say, um, Scully saying, where do I scrub up is literally the hottest thing I've ever seen in my life. That's my next note. I literally was like, Scully rips off her jacket and is like, where do I scrub up? I love it. I love it. I I know you do. (laughs) So Mulder, now Scully list. Sorry. No, it's okay. Goes to Max's trailer and finds him seizing on the ground and he holds him while he seizes. And this scene makes me really emotional because you don't ever see Mulder being tender like that. You know what I mean? He didn't ever take care of people. Let me out of this. Just let me. <laughs> it's so, no, it's so weird because I was thinking the exact same thing, but I was thinking it when he hands Max a glass of water. Yes. And when he tucks I, him into like, bed. Yeah. I was like, why hasn't Mulder ever handed Scully a glass of water? <laughs> that was my little thought. That's the whole <laughs> series. Why hasn't Mulder ever handed Scully a glass of water? I don't know why I thought that. I I'm just... sorry. I have no words because, yeah. Why hasn't he? He, like, I, one of my favorite things that people write and fix is Mulder checking on Scully and truly, and it's not, <laughs> and it's not in the way that he, it's not in the way that he does, like, when she gets taken and he's like, I have to find her and is losing his mind. It's not. No, because that's, that's, that, that centers everything on exactly. him. Exactly. It makes it about him. Like, like I want yeah. him to truly check in and be like, are you okay? What do you need? How can I help you? Like a partner. And she does that Without- shit for him all the time i want to see him do that without feeling like um like without bringing like a camera crew and a journalist to like watch him do it so that it makes the front page the next morning literally though i'm like fuck just ask if she needs a glass of water sometimes at work you know how far that could go and it's truly it's like when he freaks out like that it's like he's freaking out because something's been taken away from him from him from him exactly exactly that's literally it and like with this, the way that he truly just helps Max, this random person who's seizing and helps him go into bed and gets him a glass of water. I'm like, okay, so we know it's possible. And then my other thought was this man is literally having a seizure and he's still out acting Dave to God. Like he goes for it. This actor's great. Like I love He's Max. so good. I wrote that a little later, I think. He's yeah. so good. Like I really like he's him. He's a great actor. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what else he's done. I really like, he's so likable too. Like he's very endearing mm-hmm. and I'm really upset with how the episode ends. Because I like him so much. Um, He did a great job with that, establishing that kind of rapport. He comes to and 
he's like, um, you're having a seizure. And Max is like, oh, that's impossible. I haven't had an episode in seven years since I went on medication. And Mulder's like, well, you were, well, and then let's get you to bed or let's get you to a hospital. And Max is like, no, it's okay. I've had absolute. Let's get you to bed, Max. Get you to bed, Max. No, you get says, tuck you go to a hospital. I'll read you a bedtime story. <laughs> <Let's> snuggle. <laughs> um, he's like, Scully's working. He pulls, <laughs> he pulls a, he pulls a, a requiem uh style cuddle on max he's like you're cold he takes off his shoes he's like scully's working i need to snuggle with someone he said he's whispering in his ear there's so much (laughs) there's so much more you need to do with your life can we get someone to draw that do you think someone could and then max has to take his hand in his and kiss and and kiss his thumb Oh, that's so funny. That is a moment where he seems genuinely I, concerned for her health. Okay, go ahead. Keep doing your bit. When I saw you hold it up. <laughs> but my point is, like, that scene is an example of one of the few times that he genuinely is concerned for her and not making it a big thing. Like, that's, like, especially when he's listening to her when she's saying how she's feeling that she's really cold and she got dizzy and, like, he's truly listening and t- Yeah. It, like, it happens very rarely. That was the only time that I thought of when I was saying that before. I don't think I can think of another one. I can't think of another one. And I, the other thing that's coming into my head is when Scully is talking to a therapist and she says um, she would never talk to Mulder about how scared she is or how she's feeling because, because she probably, you know. She feels like she can't. She feels like yeah. it. Because then, because yeah. it already happens. Oh, God. I don't know if I can get into this right now. Yeah. I, I go ahead. Yeah. I'm going to say it. And then, okay, okay. and then we're going to leave it. Okay. <laughs> we're not going to delve in. But okay. like. I'm I'm clutching my my sheets right now. Okay, say it. Well, just like when she is abducted and mm-hmm. then later as more trauma is compounded onto her, she becomes this like fragile baby bird that needs protecting. She's like the hurt. She's like his hurt that she's like what's substituted in for his hurt little sister that he feels like he can't properly protect. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then she's not his equal anymore. And that's that? why she feels like she can't talk to him about it because she's like, she already knows he doesn't see her as his equal. He, she, he sees her as something that he needs to protect. We got to move on. Oh my God. Yes to everything Stevie just said. You know what started this? Mulder getting Max a fucking glass of water and never getting <laughs> Or alternatively, he does that to Max and then he's like, all right, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm planning on doing this to Scully later. Um, was that good? Was he's good- like, yeah, yeah, man, she'll love it. He's like, did you feel comforted? Did you feel safe? Did you want to like be? You want to be held? Like, and then, and then he, and then he chickened out, and he didn't do it for seven years. Seven years. So then, yeah. So Mulder <laughs> gets him the water, and it's all very cute and sweet. And then he helps put Max to bed. And I put, I want Mulder to tuck me in. What the fuck do I have to do? I don't know if you want him to tuck you in. I mean, you want him to do something to you. <laughs> and then you want Mulder to tuck you into bed and leave. Really? This is a revelation. This is wild. Stevie's flipping me off. We're just mad at him. I feel bad being... This is... So, Emily's hell in this show is that um, she's so, so attracted to both Mulder and Scully. And so, every time she's just being attacked from all angles. My crisis is that I hate Mulder, but also (laughs) want to be railed by him. That's where I'm at. I feel like Mulder and Scully probably hate fucked a lot. Oh my god, that's so hot. So I think you're you're in good company. You and Scully are, are one. That's my headcanon. My headcanon is that that happened in the beginning. 
Feel free to write that someone. <laughs> Anybody, please. Any I would love place. someone to send us a hate fucking fic. Especially an early on one. That's fun. Okay. So fun. Like season three. Ooh. Ooh. <sighs> so then he sees the weird scar behind Max's ear. What I wanted to say was the thread of Max, of everyone having that mark behind their ear. Mm-hmm. Um, just wanted to say, like, clearly, clearly between alien abduction, between the government trying to cover it up, they're getting to everyone. They're challenging their work. And then, of course, ultimately, it leads to until they have nothing more to challenge because they realize that Mulder literally has no will to live and has nothing to lose. They get to Scully by taking her, which is just horrible. Mm-hmm. And they all have the marks behind their ears in the beginning, which like somehow changed to back of the neck, um, back of the neck, and uh, which then somehow changed to uh, reproductive uh, violation and medical rape, which really threw me for a loop. It's a it's a big jump. <laughs> Who would have thought from marks behind the ear to uh, stolen ova, <laughs> stolen ova to medical rape, and yeah, the holy trinity. Who would have thought? Not I, said the fly. Chris <laughs> Carter's a yitch. <laughs> uh, Chris Carter's legs must be so long because, wow, He's, these leaps. These leaps? These leaps are, are surely world record. That's so funny. Chris Carter is Slenderman. <laughs> Wait, and he also wrote an episode about Slenderman, so I, he might be. He did. Oh, my God. I hate that. Ep- in the revival? Yeah. Oh, God. I hate that episode. Scully's hair is awful. We're talking about when Scully in the revival has a major haircut and goes from having this long, beautiful, luscious, like constantly look like she just got freshly fucked hair. So good. And then she cuts it off as if a woman her age would be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to recreate the look I had when I was 28. No, it was so good that they didn't have her old hair. Exactly. Because that's gross. Scully's not allowed to reinvent herself, they said. I know. They said she has to feel like she needs to revert back. Yeah. I don't know. She's insecure. (sighs) She feels old. No, she... mm, (laughs) 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 That's us. (laughs) That's what you... This is what... This is all I hear when you thirst over Mulder. (laughs) (laughs) That's bo- and then both of us. Wow, I can't even imagine. <laughs> Sound like a pack of dogs. <laughs> no, then people are gonna be like, Stevie and Emily started barking at <laughs> I too bark at men. Honestly, we should all bark at men. Okay, in all seriousness. In all serious. In all seriousness, everyone shut the fuck up. In all seriousness. <laughs> everyone. Start barking at men. Okay, yeah. If a man comes up to you on the street and like you can see him you can see his trajectory walking towards you look him dead in the eyes get on all fours <laughs> take a hunch position <laughs> assume <laughs> assume canine mode mm-hmm. and then just let the most guttural growl erupt from your gut <laughs> and just start barking at him what a tangent all from max having a seizure <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. I need to... Okay, so bear with me for this. Here we have my favorite shot of Mulder ever. Ever, ever, ever. 
his neck. I deserve this moment. So sh- I, I literally wrote in all caps, I deserve this moment. Shut the fuck up and let me. <laughs> I won't say a thing. So he's sitting in his purpley shirt, kind of unbuttoned, tussled hair, scraped face, glasses. He's reading an X-File. Then his wife comes home from a long day at work at the hospital. And this is foreshadowing I want to believe life. And he's like, rough night, babe. And she's like, yeah, it was terrible. We lost all but two. All the while, she's looking in the fridge for something. And this is so domestic. And she has a ponytail. And, like, Mulder's neck is just there. And, like, I um, she, I just wish he'd, like, give her a massage because she looks like her back hurts. Like She's a little hunched over. I just want to say... Um, her little ponytail after being in the hospital all night. Like, I want to see when she put it up. Like, at what point did she just need the hair out of her face? Yeah. And, like, her little fucking wispies. <laughs> she looks like she had such a long night. And this is just so domestic of them. This is so, like, yeah, I want to believe even, I didn't even think of that. It's like, I want to believe, but Scully is equally as competent, equally as hot, equally as successful, um... Mulder's just not a depressed loser yet who's mooching off of his wife and and pouting so it's better <laughs> so it's better yeah much better but it's without the sex so yeah. i don't know so, ask ask gully give and take <laughs> so then he's like uh what do you think's going on and she's like i don't know normally i would want to find out but we have a plane to catch in just over an hour and then she's like um can i just say like she plays the i'm so tired and hungry that I'm on the verge of tears so well it's palpable. Like, she seriously seems like she's about to cry because she's just so tired. And, oh, I feel that. Which probably was very, very real for Jillian. I know. And then he's like, wait, can you look at the scar behind Max's ear? I've seen it before. And then he pulls out his X-Files receipts. And he's basically saying that Max Fennig was an abductee. And then he looks at her and he throws his head back. And his neck muscles and Adam's apple. I'm on my knees. There was something in the water in the 90s. There was something in the fucking water. I swear to God. Can I have some? I love this part beyond the physical. How nice. Okay. I love this part beyond how nice it is to look at them. Because it's like Scully is so cute in this entire episode. Mm. But specifically at this in this moment. Because she takes Mulder completely seriously. Like... I think she's recognized that, like, beyond her moment in the pilot with, like, her mosquito bites and, like, freaking the fuck out, like, he has truly bared his soul to her in every single episode. Like, when, like, when she tells him that he needs to stop searching for his sister, that's, like, episode two, I think. Yeah. And, like, that was, like, very, we talked about it. It wasn't two, it was a little later, but, yeah, it was early. Like, okay, yeah, like, very early. And so, like, either <clears throat> either to, like, shield him from another source of dismissal and ridicule or just because she admires his conviction to the truth, like, so deeply. Um, and she recognizes that she owes it to the victims um, to believe him and be as open-minded as possible for the victims. Like, even though she knows that, like, maybe, like we said in the last in the episode's um a couple episodes ago like even though she might disagree like she literally recognizes that she owes it to so many people to just hear him out and listen to him so completely and it's like i think at this point too she's recognized that her her being a woman in a man's field she's the outcast and molder being like the dumb alien boy is the outcast 
in different ways. And mm-hmm. so it's like truly they're starting to verge on, especially after ice on the line of like, they are truly the only person the other one has. So yeah. it's like, why, why not put your faith in the other yes. person? Yes. That's such a good point. I say that, but then like Mulder wavers. So I, I don't fucking know. I mean, this is, the, these are the seeds that are planted and this is the potential. Sometimes the writing fucks it up, but this is, this is the, the seeds that people capitalize on when they write fic. Yes. Yes. And like, but that's right. fucking red. Good point. Yeah. yeah because like the, there is a good basis there and he has potential and he shows it in moments. Yeah. But it's not consistent. Not at which all. Which is frustrating. Yeah. Um, well, it's frustrating because especially with this, this is something that would continuously build. Yeah. Like you would- And just get would, better and instead it exactly. doesn't. Yeah. Like you, after seeing how much each other truly puts on the line for the other person, you would recognize like you're both outcasts. You're both not taken seriously. Like why wouldn't you capitalize that on that to make each other the power that Scully holds is that she gives Mulder credentials because mm-hmm. she's a sane person and he literally just doesn't he doesn't recognize that. Yeah. He does not recognize that at all. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. No, don't apologize. Those are great points. So um he asked her to look at Max's scar because he thinks that he's been abducted. Which is so cute because he's like, so what do you think, Scully? What's going on out there? I know. It's so like, cute. And it's so nice to see her like actually be asked for her opinion without her being ready for him to prove her wrong. I know. What like, a fucking concept. And so she responds that he's taking powerful antipsychotic medication and they're not all for his epilepsy because one is something called Melaril, which is exclusively used for schizophrenia. And Mulder's like, well, here's the ticket, girl. Max doesn't think he was abducted. I think he was. And he asked her to take a look at the scar for her medical opinion. And she seems so tired and done, but she does it anyways because she's like, you know what? I think you're right and you're onto something and this is important. And she cares about people. Like, Scully's too good good for this world. Like, truly. I know. And, like, here's the thing, right? She believes that Mulder's not delusional. Yeah. Yes. At this point. So it's (laughs) like, so I think, so him saying that, him saying that, like, Max doesn't believe that, I believe that. Is like he knows that she believes him, mm-hmm. and, and she um, validates him, one hundred percent. Yep, she's great. And like instead of not instead of just like embarrassing him like another person would, like she knows because and she doesn't embarrass him and belittle him because pew, 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 pew. she knows the lies are out there, <laughs> along with the truth. Beautiful. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> That was like little fireworks. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Okay, so then um, back to our pouty homegirl in the military airbase, and um, there's. I some, love her. I love her too. And there's some wild shit happening on her screen. Something's flying around that isn't supposed to be, and it's in the same spot as last time. And she's like, "It's a much larger craft this time." And her boss is like, "Meteor," and she's like, "Okay, bro. Well, the meteor seems to be hovering over a small town in Wisconsin, and like gives them some major side. Yeah, high, which is beautiful." <laughs> Back to um, the invisible alien baby, <laughs> and it, it's entering Max's trailer, and it looks like it's pulling blood from his ears, and then Max opens his eyes, and it's all very disturbing. Yeah, I did not enjoy that. Me either. And then Mulder um, is in jeans and leather again. Okay, sorry. And they go to check on Max, and he's um, gone, but Scully found blood on his pillow. 
And so they listen to the transmission about a new craft. And he's like, let's go. And she's like, Mulder, come on. And <laughs> let's go. <laughs> he's like, bless up. <laughs> and Mulder. And then she's like, Mulder. He's like, run the theme. <laughs> Mulder is sure Max is the key to all of this and Scully gives in and they go to the waterfront where he is. We see Max roaming around and the military apprehend him. Mulder and Scully show up and they find some more torch uh, soldiers. Um, and can we show that they're and done, Blooper? I was going to post what I am that. <laughs> Julian's so funny. He's so cute. Yeah. It's these uh-huh. burnt men and there's a blooper where she um, goes up to them and she like checks their pulse and she goes, they're done. <laughs> Because she's supposed to say they're dead. Yeah. So then they hear yelling in some warehouse. So they go in and Max is freaking out that something is hurting him. And it's so sad. Like he does that. It's so sad. He's freaking out. He's saying that they're here for me. And Scully hears all the commotion outside. So she goes to check and it's all of the fucking military and they apprehend her. And she's like, fuck, damn it. Okay. So they set up shop, all the military people outside and they explode their way in, which seems a a titch dramatic considering there's doors. And And it's also like... Wow, police officers choosing to approach a mentally ill man instead of letting Scully, the doctor, deal with it. Yeah. Like, shocking. Checks out. And Scully's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, he's, like, we're not, uh, she's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's fucking like, we're not in the hospital anymore, Dr. Scully. And then he's like, keep her clear. And it's like, fuck off. Seriously. So then they're looking at, like, their fucking infrared whatever. And they're like, there's a third figure in there with him. And Scully's like, what? And Mulder's trying to talk Max down. And then something comes and takes Max and shoots Mulder way into the air. But he's not burned like the other people. Consistency? I don't know. Said said Chris Carter. Yes. And then he sees Max floating in some blue light. There's a flash and he convulses and it strobes. Which, like, that scene is very beautiful. Like, that's the cinematography of that. It's kind of rad. It is. It's very rad. Especially for where we're at in the the series. Yeah. Um, and then he disappears and the men break in and it's just Mulder and Max's hat looking sad and upset. And then Mulder gets arrested. Cut to Scully being questioned oh, at the office of a uh, professional responsibility hearing. And she's at the end of a, such a long table. And um, she, they're asking her a bunch of questions and she's being honest because she's a sweet baby. And then she wants to say something to defend Mulder, but they don't let her, even though she's trying so hard to defend her alien boy. She looks so good here. Like, her hair and suit. She is so beautiful. That's all I have to say. Like, she's so beautiful. And then she leaves the meeting, and Mulder's out there with crutches, and her and her cute suit, and I'm in love with them. And he limps in, and she's like, good luck. And, like, their partnership growing here is really cute. and It's nice to watch. Um, and then she looks in the paper, and it says that the toxic cleanup success was a success. And it's like eerie because it's not at all what's happening. And this is her; she's clearly is very unsettled by that, and like sickened by that kind of blatant like lying mm-hmm. and covering up. And she's being disillusioned by the government, which is good. Uh, and then Mulder goes in, and he's like, "Hundreds of men have lost their lives, and you want me to answer issues about protocol?" And then they all start yelling. <laughs> And the man heading these questions has big monkey energy. (laughs) Big ape energy. Big ape energy. It's like, Jesus Christ, sir, take it down a few notches. Just a few. Like, wow. We really just, like, they went straight to a 10. Even just one or two would have helped. (laughs) Literally. And so we learn in, in the midst of this yelling that Max was found dead. And so Mulder gives a monologue about no government having jurisdiction over the truth and then hobbles out of there and whatever the truth. Mulder says, how can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? 
Okay. Yes, you're correct. That's a great line. Sums up the episode perfectly. Sums up my thoughts perfectly. It really bothered me that they let Mulder, like the big macho man, have his moment of heroism and be able to speak and leave his final words, but Scully never got to. She didn't even get to talk. They cut her off immediately. That's so true. I didn't even realize that. It's so annoying That's and so i really frustrating wish. and then but i mean the line is really good and it's just like coupled with the fact that it's like not only do they not let scully speak like they did Mulder, because it's like that had to be the moment mm-hmm. but it's like i really wish again that they would have stuck with this arc for the mythology I know. and not made it about traumatizing and violating women like what I know. the fuck because this is powerful this is so powerful and it's so entertaining. Yeah, I really like this episode. Yeah. Me too. And I can actually follow along. Okay. So then so then the last scene is Deep Throat talking to Monkey Man and basically Deep Throat saved Mulder's job. So like, um, and then he keeps talking and you think and you realize that maybe Deep Throat is two timing him and leading him down purposeful wrong paths so that he doesn't expose the actually bad people. And so like like he's giving him like he's like showing him a little but not too much yeah just to keep him entertained and then he's like you keep your your friends close but your enemies closer mr ape and then he like (laughs) and then leaves it's what's it's it's harambe (gasps) it's harambe Harambe in the x-files the angel fly away from here okay and that's Um, the end of the episode (laughs) I would like to make one closing point yeah. that I kind of um, kind of got carried away, but I'm just going to say it nonetheless. I was really kind of analyzing a lot in this episode, just like the dynamic between Mulder and Scully. Scully's uh, place in the X-Files at this time. And I wanted to go back to when, at the very beginning, when Scully says, I don't understand you, Mulder, when he's like in the cage. And what's frustrating is that like, She doesn't understand why he can't just take a step back and work within the confines of what will get him to the truth the same way. He is very nonchalant about the whole thing towards her, despite the fact that it's like if the X-Files got shut down like it very well might after, as far as they know, Mm -hmm. after they talk to these people, like he doesn't care. Like, what does he care he can still do it, but he just won't have the FBI's jurisdiction. Like, but like Scully has to go find a new job. Yeah. Like, and she's already so deep in, like, not so deep, but she's in it. So it's like, why? I just don't, she doesn't understand Mulder and yet she's equally committed to hearing him out and not writing him off. Like she, I mean, she doesn't really have a choice. So, like, some might look at that and think that it's blind loyalty, but, like, this is her job now, too. And she's angry that he's doing things as if he's still alone. And we've talked about this a lot, mm-hmm. but considering we hear the line, we hear Scully say, this is my life, all the way into season four, like, shows that that aspect of Mulder, unfortunately, never really changes. Like, the he thing doesn't. Is, is that it's a little bit warranted here. There's still a new partnership. I mean, maybe now, like, after Ice, you're like, okay, come on, bro. But, um, well, that, no, but that is the, that is, that is the thing. Mm-hmm. Like after Ice, that should have been his recognition that, like, 
she is completely committed to this. Like she risked her life, not only to go out there with him, but to make sure that they didn't infect him with the worm when it was, yes. that was what, if she hadn't been there, he would have died. Like, yep. and yeah. so like the fact, like, honestly, at this point, it's like, no, that that's not even an excuse. After ice, I think everything changes. Like that is not an excuse anymore. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it's like, he just doesn't understand that another human could care as much as he does. And that's really unfair to Scully. Um, because like even earlier in the episode, Mulder, when Mulder says, I didn't think anyone was paying attention to Max. And he says, someone's always paying attention, Mr. Mulder. It's like, Scully is one of those people and she's standing right next to you. So even even if you can't fathom, like there are people out there who are paying attention, it's like there is literally someone paying attention and she's standing right next to you. Mm-hmm. So maybe, and this goes back to his like disillusionment that like his quest has a human cost, maybe recognize that it's like, yes, okay, you can keep looking for aliens, you dummy, but it's like, don't, don't be so, look in your peripheral, don't be so narrow, narrow, like narrow, what's the, don't let your focus be so narrow tunnel vision yeah don't have tunnel vision yeah well he he acts like such a lone wolf like he's the only one on this quest yeah. for, for the truth when not Sorry, only that is was very, that was very angry that's beautiful it's valid okay. it's valid okay he acts like he's his lone wolf on the quest for truth all by himself when not only is scully literally right fucking next to him helping him but there's other people out there who also exactly. feel the same way like it's not just it's not Mulder's universe and it's also like what we were talking about earlier made me think too. It's like a lot of the times, the reason we don't see Mulder being as tender as Scully is because he isn't able to remove himself. Hmm. Like he isn't able to remove himself from this quest. And so it's like frustrating because again, like these are people's lives. Yeah. But he just views every action as something that he needs to get out of it like we could even say that like the only reason he cared about max was because like he said he thought he was the key to everything Mm -hmm. so it's like it's not even about max as a person it's about the key greater exactly yep 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 and that's the episode a surprisingly jam-packed one considering i I didn't remember this episode i really like this episode too and it's weird that i didn't remember it i'll remember it now should we do jillian's corner Let's do Jillian's Corner. Jillian's Corner. As we were talking about earlier, last night, Stevie and a friend and me, um, we were talking. And we were talking about how, like, we often go through phases of, we're all in our early 20s. We often go through phases of feeling very lost and kind of like in a limbo feeling like we're wasting our lives, you know, especially right now, just, just girly things. Exactly. And it's all been heightened by the fact that we're in this fucking pandemic. Yeah. Um, and so I try to be really gentle with myself. I try to tell myself that, um, as much as I want to do anything right now, it's also okay right now to just do nothing. Um, And I'm also trying to remind myself that there is no timeline or deadline and that the only, and, and honestly though, like the only timeline 
I'm really looking at is like, I don't want to waste my youth and I don't want to waste like when I have such so few responsibilities. But then I think about Jillian and how she said that her favorite quote is like youth is wasted on the young. And I don't want to look back and feel like I thought my life would end once I passed 25. But then it's also like, what else am I supposed to think when that's all I've been fed as a woman my entire life? Yeah. But like anyway, diminishes it the older you get. Yeah. Because that's tied in with your fertility. Exactly. And Jillian herself should be a testament to the fact that that is not true because she's 52 and she's thriving. And she's 52 and she's arguably at the top of her career right now. Totally. Totally. That's amazing. Um, and so then I th- like a lot of the times um, we'll think about CB and I talk about this a lot, just about how um, much Jillian's life changed in the span of like a year and I that it really puts it into perspective of how how much can change and so just in terms of Jillian it's like she landed the x-files got married had a baby like all in the span of like a year or so and just like relatively for us like I had no idea this podcast was going to have the response that it has. And like, truly that is all I've wanted to do with my life is like, I want to have an audience where I can speak to women and I can um, empower women and make sure that they know like that they are human beings and they, I mean, from a more legal standpoint, I guess is like where I want to go. So like that they deserve human rights Mm -hmm. and I want to be the one to protect those for them. But it's like, truly, I could not even have fathomed that this podcast would have given us the introduction to us having that impact on women's lives Mm -hmm. like we had dreamed of. Truly. I mean, I feel the same way, except for me, it's always been more creative because I've I've performed. And so- this this feels like something creative that is fueling me in that sense, but then also is directed at women and empowering women and, and creating a really safe and um, powerful and beautiful space for people. Yeah. And and I know that there are men listening to this. And if you are, then that's amazing that's and, awesome. and good. Like, yeah, I hope that it's, I hope that it, opens your eyes to some perspectives that you maybe haven't considered um totally but what i mean what's particularly moving is the responses that we've gotten from women and people feeling comfortable enough to share very intimate and emotional things with us and this all happened because we had a random idea at 3 a.m and it was not planned at all because i stress that if i'm not planning for what's happening then nothing's gonna happen like Mm. i don't have faith in just life and time like, I'm just like, well, I don't, I can't plan anything right now because we're in a pandemic. So how am I ever going to do anything? But like things mm. truly do happen and unfold the way that they're supposed totally. to the risk of sounding like a huge hippie. No. And it's like, also too, I know you and I talk about just how many phases Jillian has gone through in her life and mm-hmm. how much um, comfort that brings us. Yeah. Like, as far as I'm concerned, she's been like 10 different people. I know, truly though. And so it's like, there's always time to reinvent yourself there's always opportunities to discover something new about yourself that could change something about your life overnight Mm -hmm. and of course this goes for the good and the bad but I think if you'll let me I just want to say one um quote if that's the space for this from um Molly Margaret who um 
was uh, on Instagram. She wasn't quite an influencer, but she was a woman with a pretty, I mean, relatively significant following um, who was just sharing her journey in her life, in relationships, in sex, in friendships, in jobs, everything. And she genuinely made me the woman that I am right now. And a lot of the reasons I believe what I do is from living and applying the advice that she gave in her, that she followed in her own life to mine. Um, And so she said at some point, um, just because it might've been different doesn't mean it would have been better. I think about that a lot. I sit with that a lot. And um, hopefully that will help some of you guys. And that's really all I have to say. Well, here's the thing is that Emily, you've told, you told me this early on in our friendship when we were talking about something, I don't remember what it was, but, um, and and it's come up multiple times that whenever I am lamenting about something that I haven't done or that I haven't gotten to do or haven't experienced, I'm like, what the fuck? Like I am this old and I haven't done this whatever thing. And you're like, don't look at it like that. Look at it as something that, my God, you still get to experience that and you still get to do this thing. And how exciting that you get to explore this part of yourself that you have, like how exciting that you have that in store. But like, instead of being upset that you haven't maybe tapped into certain parts of yourself, just be so excited that you get to do that. Yeah, totally. And and like, it's, this is in Jillian's corner because like, truly she's we feel like she's been like 10 different people i swear to god like just looking at at her career and how it's fluctuated and her work and with her kids and and with uh, the x-files and her relationships and like so many different phases that she's gone through it it truly and just her as a as a and just as a woman yeah yeah no exactly um and just like the way that she's fluctuated and changed it gives us a lot of hope in our I feel like it, I feel like it can give women of all ages a lot of hope because it truly it's never too late to do anything. Yeah, like and that's and especially it's never too late especially to reinvent yourself. Yes. You can always you can always do that because you're the only thing you have complete and utter control over is yourself. And so yep. if you're not happy with how you are right now, fucking change it. Do whatever you want. Be someone that you love coming home to at the end of the day. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That all felt very rambly for me, so I apologize if that... It wasn't rambly at all. It was beautiful. Okay. And that's the episode. That's the episode. We love you guys so much. Like, truly. So, so much. I can't believe now, because when we first started doing this, when we were signing off, it felt stupid because I didn't think we were talking to anybody. (laughs) But now I know we're talking to people. Yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah. And so, bye, real people. Yeah. Bye, real people. And thank you so, so much for listening. Thank you. This has been another episode of The Sex the Files. Sex Files. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye.